Yeah, but, we, words. but there's that one word that we have to say at the beginning oh, no. that we can't we say. We should um, just whisper, whisper that, and then say the rest of the sentence normally. <laughs> and welcome. <laughs> welcome to the Life Toyetic with Ben and Molly. I am Ben. I'm Molly. And we are here, listening, recording. <laughs> We're listening to each <laughs> other. I. Dearly. Okay. Welcome to the Life Toyetic with Ben and Molly. I am Ben. I'm Molly. And this is a podcast about movies, about toys, which is what I've been saying on the internet for the last three weeks. Uh, so I guess we're stuck with it. I like That's it. The tagline. I think as as taglines go, it's kind of I succinct. Think it depends on the delivery. Like it's a podcast about movies, about toys. Like there needs to be yeah. a little. Like, it, it's a podcast about movies. No. About no, toys. No, 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 no. Too much? Worse, worse than the voice is the face that you were making. It's the face. And you were making eye contact with me the whole the time. The whole time. Well, we're, we're trying a different sitting position this week. Yeah, we're at my kitchen table instead of on the couch. With, with a view to increasing the, uh, improving the quality of the audio. But that does mean that we have to just look directly at each other. <laughs> and it also means that my dog is really confused. Yeah. Because we're just... She's, she's concerned that she's not part of the action right now. Because yeah. usually she sits on the couch. She shits on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> usually she sits on the couch. It's been a while since she's shat upon the couch. That's that's good. When was the last time that she, she did that? I mean, at least a year. That's not bad. And it was she was very distraught. Like, it's it's not... A habit of hers. It's not something that she's proud of or excited <laughs> about. She's not like, hey guys, check it out. There's always this element of, guys, look, I, no, no one's happy about this. That's just her face. She always yeah. looks a little bewildered and distraught. Yeah. But, she, you know, she's made some guest appearances on the, the podcast, mm-hmm. which is always fun. She has, she had a lot of thoughts and feelings about um, Masters of the Universe. Sorry, I'm I was burping. <laughs> I was trying to do it really quietly. It was a mistake to, like, chug this juice before we started. No, I... You know what? This is fun. This is a fun introduction. I'm just trying to get sugared up. Yeah. This week... Before we talk about this week's movie, which is... uh, I'm very, very excited. The first in an ongoing series... I wanted to call attention, and I already messaged you about this earlier in the week, but there was a really cool human being on the on the planet who, they'll listen to this introductory sequence before seeing the movie, and then when we take a break to see the movie, they watch the movie, and then then they listen to the rest of the podcast. Which movie was it? Any of them. All oh, of them. Oh, okay. I was about to say, I want to apologize. <laughs> Just so, just for context, as we're recording this, the Super Mario Brothers episode dropped yesterday. So we are recording about two episodes uh, in advance right now. That will probably not be the case very, very soon. But I posted the uh, promo for episode three or two. It was it's some t- it's been some time in the last week, and someone on Instagram by the name of Bouncy Castle Conqueror, which, which by is, the way, I'm. I just need to quit the internet because I'm never going to beat that with any of the content I post ever again for the rest of my life. That's a pretty, that's, that is a, a baller username. That is peak awesomeness when it comes to coming up with a username. Like, Childish Gambino picked his stage name using a Wu-Tang Clan name generator. Mm. And even that 
cannot beat the magnificence of Bouncy Castle Conqueror. What do you think, now, this is an important question, Molly, what do you think is involved in the process of conquering a Bouncy Castle? I think, I imagine that evicting all the child occupants from the castle would play a big part. Because you want to have it all to yourself, right? That's true. So you would you would be you, usurping the territory, so to speak. Or would it be that you go to parties and surreptitiously deflate, pack up, and steal <laughs> the bouncy castles? And then you accumulate these bouncy castles, and then you just inflate them all at your own place of residence... And that's now, like, your little village that's, that you, you own. Is, is it that you have conquered the Bouncy Castle from the children? Yeah. Or is it that the act of stealing Bouncy Castles in is in and of itself an act of conquest? Yeah. I think both. I think, yeah, that's definitely a deep philosophical question that I'm going to mull over. Yeah. This is the journey that you, Bouncy Castle Conqueror, have have put us on with your your wonderful username. I think that's really, like, being absolutely serious, I think it's really touching that someone likes what we do enough to be like, okay, I want to live that experience with them. I want to not know what's going on before, and then I want to have just seen the movie so that when I listen to them, I know what mindset they're in. See, that just fills me with guilt that I've... basically led these lambs to the slaughter because i i hadn't seen either of the two movies that shall not be named no. beforehand he-man and super mario brothers okay you named them it's fine i upset you earlier today <laughs> oh no i upset oh, molly oh no i i sent her a message um a few hours ago and i i said i think i said something to the effect of i think i hate myself oh, i may have made a mistake no, no. and then i sent her a screenshot of a product i had purchased oh, no. from amazon.com and the product in question was the European Blu-ray release of the Super Mario just, Brothers movie. Just sometimes mommies and daddies fight. <laughs> <laughs> I just I had to have it. Like I was after we finished that movie, you looked into my eyes and you <sighs> swore to me that that was the last time and you were never going to watch that movie again. I may have specifically referred to that DVD copy. We went through this harrowing experience together and I thought I, th- I thought we bonded. I thought it meant something. It, I mean it did, but then either I or the Life Toyetic Twitter account was followed by a Twitter account called SMB Archive, which is a website that has been set up by real people who actually exist to archive things relating to the Super Mario Brothers movie, including, and they've paid people to do this, 4K scans of two of the trailers. And I watched both of these scans on YouTube, and I thought, there's a lot, there's actually a lot going on under the hood of these trailers. And then I read their review of the Blu-ray, and I read about the documentaries, and, uh, like, the EPK for the movie that is on the Blu-ray, and I thought, I kind of want to explore that. I think I've explored all the territory that I can with the film. You you know what the film is. Yes. I know what the film is. I've owned the movie I on DVD. I thought we agreed on what the film is. <laughs> we, I thought we agreed and we left it in the past. I believe the consensus we came to was don't. But, and I'm not, I want to, I just want to stress, I'm continuing to don't where the movie is concerned, but I, there's an itch regarding the history of this movie that needs to be scratched. I need, listen... If I die today, I come back as a ghost with unfinished business. And the unfinished business is, how did this stupid movie get made? I spent $24.95 plus shipping. No, I didn't have shipping because I have Amazon Prime. To learn the mysteries of how the Super Mario Brothers movie happened. 
I need closure, Molly. Okay. If this I, is part of your healing journey, then that's that's your business. I'm very I'm gently shaking my head. Yes, nodding my head rather. <laughs> you don't you don't need to watch the special features with me. But if you want to, I'm not going to watch any of it with you. No, I'm staying far away from that. Okay, just please don't judge me because this is. I am judge. I'm of course I'm going to judge you. <laughs> well, um, we'll probably both end up judging each other by the end of this episode because this week's, uh, <gasps> this week's is the first in our ongoing series. So Every five episodes, we will be looking at a se- at, at one entry in a series of we shall say prolific toyetic. Cinema. It is a it is a uh, a franchise and indeed a genre of toyetic cinema that Molly is very much a fan of, um, making up as it does the bulk of your actual <laughs> DVD collection. Not to put you on blast or anything, but I no, am actually I'm not, going to do I'm that. Not ashamed. Yeah. You shouldn't you, be. You walk in my apartment. The first thing you see is my bookshelf. There's an entire shelf of go pink, on pink DVD cases. And what do those pink DVD cases contain, Molly? Um, some of my favorite cinematic gems. Such as? Barbie the Magic Pegasus maybe one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> and actually, this was what prompted us to start doing a podcast. Yes. My Barbie movie collection. Because we were we... just going to go through the Barbie movies. Yeah, because I was making you watch them. Yes. And you were submitting for some reason. Because you're my friend and I love you. Um, and we decided that... We needed to share this with someone. And it was just going to be the Barbie movies yeah, initially. Yeah, um, there wasn't enough content. It, I, we didn't want to limit ourselves, maybe that's it. It wasn't so much that there wasn't enough content, because scientists have discovered new Barbie movies every day. <laughs> There's so many of these things. I think the concern wasn't so much that there wasn't enough content. I think the concern was if we just meet once a week to watch a Barbie movie... I'm going to kill myself. And I say that with love. So I think breaking them up with four other very bad but genre-adjacent movies makes sense. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm happy with the with the format we arrived at. Yeah, oh, I'm very, but very happy. But it is important to honor the origins of this podcast. Yeah. And I'm very excited to get into our little show within a show yeah. we were never able to uh, come up with a name yes for... we did we came up with a name that i don't i don't feel like you were ever like a hundred percent oh no on board i loved with... it i loved it but i was like we can't name a podcast that because okay. it has the word barbie in it and we can't use that trademarked name in our podcast okay so but we can we can mention it yeah let's say, say this it. is this is it this is the first entry in the barbecue ah! It, it, the, I love the, it. The cue of Barbie movies. That's me explaining the title. Yeah, no, we it's a joke. That. Yeah, so it's, it's a, a joke. You so, came up with it and I loved it. Sort of wordplay. I still do. Um, the first one we're watching is not one that is part of Molly's collection. Because we will be going through them in chronological yeah, order. Yeah, the ones that I collect are the CG animated ones um, that they started releasing in the early noughties. So there's about, there's about an 18 year backlog yeah. <laughs> of films that we get to watch. It's going to be marvellous. But this first movie came out in uh, 1987. It it was actually a two-part television special that aired on... I'm not even sure what network it was aired on, but we will look that up and, I guess, discuss that in the second half of the episode. But we are watching the two-part cinematic... Well, cinematic, televisual experience, (laughs) Barbie and the Rockers, Out of This World, immediately followed by Barbie and the Sensations, Rocking back to Earth. I guess apparently... They they leave and then they come back. They come back having changed the name of the 
band? Well, I assume that Barbie and the Rockers is just going to be half an hour of Barbie sitting on the porch in front of a Cracker Barrel. Um, and then Barbie and the Sensations, I imagine, is going to be like a coming-of-age story a la Pleasantville. Okay. It's about Barbie's self-discovery. That's my prediction. Now, how do you factor in the colons, like, out of this world for the first one and rocking back to Earth for the second? Um, well, maybe the Cracker Barrel launches into orbit. And then comes back. And then, yeah, she just, because there's no friction in space, she just uses her rocking chair to propel her back. <laughs> that seems more believable than what will probably than actually what we'll probably happen. Yeah, be exposed to. Um, now, this is the first film that we are watching that is not available to buy or rent anywhere. We usually either own a copy of the movie or we are able to rent it from Google Play. This is from 1987 and is unavailable anywhere. But some kind soul has uploaded the entire thing to YouTube. You can probably find it by just googling for Barbie and the Rockers on YouTube. Googling on YouTube is the <laughs> hot new thing that all the kids... Doesn't Google kids, on YouTube? They do, but so you don't... you kind of can. You probably kind of can. But it's been uploaded to YouTube a bunch of times, both as separate things and as one feature-length thing. We're going to be watching it as the feature-length thing. We're going to go away and do that now. Are we? I don't know if you want to talk about the history of it real quick. There is interesting history, and they touched on it in The Toys That Made Us. Yeah, I just watched this a couple days ago. I watched the first episode of the Netflix documentary series, The Toys That Made Us. They have a whole episode on Barbie and the history of Barbie. And they do they talk about Barbie and the Rockers specifically because it was conceived as a as a direct response to Gem and the Holograms. Yes, which we will also be coming to at some point. It's a very interesting story about how Barbie basically or Mattel I guess kind of did maybe some corporate espionage it's definitely corporate espionage <laughs> um and in doing so found a way to beat Jem to market yeah so um, it looked really, like yeah. Jem and the Holograms was ripping off Barbie yeah, and the it's Rockers it's an interesting story and if you haven't watched that series or that episode you should go check it out it's a lot of fun that's a great show that's on Netflix the first four episodes are up now uh, and I was what when I was editing the podcast editing the first you know three episodes of the podcast if i wanted to take a break because hearing my own voice makes me want to jump into the giant wearing blades of a comically oversized blender i would take a break by eating some food that i shouldn't be and then watching some of the toys that made us which was fun i can't recommend it enough i've only seen the one episode so that's as, as much as i can recommend it i was fascinated by the gi joe episode the end i believe you i mean when we do eventually because we will get to gi joe obviously you could probably watch that episode then I mean, I'm going to watch them all probably this week, cool. if I have time. I do want to watch them all. Should we go watch this movie? Yeah, let's do okay. it. Okay, we'll be right back after these very, very old commercial messages. Hot eyes, bad hair, fit boots, glitz bear. Barbie and the Rockers, just so cool she always thinks the A rock star of your wildest dreams. She's it! Barbie and the Rockers, solid gold and zoom in. Free Rockers cassette. Dolls each sold separately. Barbie and the Rockers. We are back. The podcast is cancelled. <laughs> um, this is it. This is the film that broke me. Uh, I, I wasn't expecting it to be good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you accept. You, listen, as a connoisseur of Barbie movies, there's a certain baseline, I think, that. Okay, so before... Uh, just give us some context, Molly. Of the Barbie movies that you have seen before this one, 
because I know that you hold these movies in very high regard. They're very special to me. But there must be a movie where you're like, I don't need to watch that one again. What is the worst Barbie movie, in, or the least good Barbie movie, in your opinion? This one? I mean, of the one besides this one? The, of the ones that you legally own that we did not have to stream from YouTube, that were made after 1987. Princess Charm School I could do without. Okay. You've never seen any of these. No, I mean, so. this. here's the thing. The reason, the, the Barbie thing is very much your area. Your space, if you will. <laughs> and that joke will be make sense in a moment. Us watching this special, special and big sarcastic air quotes, was my idea because I learned it existed and thought, well, neither of us have seen this. This is a good way to kick off watching all of the Barbie animated movies in order. When you said, let's watch the Barbie movies, I thought, okay, we're going to start with Barbie and the Nutcracker 2001. Like, that's where the timeline begins. But as soon as I discovered this earlier entry so in this Barbie is Canon, you. this is entirely my fault. I take full ownership of this. One. I don't know how to describe what I just witnessed. Like, okay. <laughs> Hopefully, like, again, this is on YouTube. You can watch this thing right I now. I feel like saying a movie is bad, like Super Mario Brothers, that movie just like punched me in the gut, right? It was a bad movie. But this movie just like jumped out of the hedges, screamed gibberish at me and ran away. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Super Mario Brothers was um being assaulted on the bus and Barbie and the Rockers out of this world is being accosted by a homeless man in the park who's wearing nothing but a uh, a shawl and uh, a, a, a rapidly eroding pair of he's underpants. He's a friendly homeless man. It's friendly. You, you don't know what he wants or what he's trying to tell you, and you just want to get away. He's just... Con- You're not threatened. You're confused. <laughs> You're left with questions. We don't have the advantage of being able to look up the narrative for this movie on the internet as our beat for beat. Because it is not a movie that anyone has cared to break down in any kind of narrative I think structure. It's 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 a forty five minute long. I think we're going to get through it relatively video. quickly. I wouldn't even describe it as a music video. It is an animated commercial for toys we don't see and music we barely hear. Is probably the the pink shuttle is featured very prominently. And that's not a euphemism for a dick, but it absolutely <laughs> could and should be. Um, should we just start from the top of the story? Let's see how much of this we remember. So it does open with Barbie and the Rockers, which is her band, performing a concert. Barbie off a rocker. Barbie off a rocker. Performing a concert in, we will generously assume, 1987. That will come in, That will be called into question at several points during this movie. It opens with her performing this concert that is not good. I noticed that the crowd of people at the concert were predominantly white. Well, she she performs all over the all over the world, which we see later at this and concert specifically. In my mind, they all had dark hair, so I was thinking it was like an Asian crowd. Oh no, there were a lot of blonde people. Were there? I must have just not been paying attention. I don't think either of us were. I just also I should note that this was a rip of a VHS on YouTube. Divex encoded. Very. Difficult yeah, to watch. It's more artifact than Barbie. Yeah, it, it was very much, it was kind of a Darth Vader movie. It was it was more machine than man. Um, but we somehow managed, and the sound mix was weird as well. And I don't know, you pointed that out, and I was already kind of annoyed by it. And I don't know whether that was a quirk of the, the medium, uh, or the fact that it was ripped from a VHS, which means that the sound kind of got muddied, 
or if it's just Maybe a badly... Maybe they actually mixed it with the music extremely loud because they were like, no one should be able to hear the words that they're saying. Because yeah. if someone can hear the words that they're saying, then this all falls apart. Yes. So they're performing this concert, and it's a band made up of Barbie, Ken, who looks more than a little bit like Owen Wilson, <laughs> and I want to say three other largely nameless... There's three three women and another man. Yes, so four people, to, four, four other people. To, so to, the band has a total of, what, seven, six, seven members? Seven. Barbie Ken. Barbie Ken, Derek, Christy, Midge. Did you look up their names? No, I already knew their names. <laughs> Not the modern... What? what? <laughs> they have names. I, uh, but all of Barbie's friends have names. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> See, it's not so fun to be on the other <laughs> end of it. <laughs> so every time we watch a Barbie movie, it's going to be, oh, that's Midge. Midge is the redhead. Okay. Christy's the black one. Teresa is the Latina one. Oh, I poor actually... Christy in this movie. Oh, <laughs> We're gonna no. We're going to get into that. I don't remember the name of her Asian friend. Um, I can look it up, though. I tried to write Barbie. <laughs> and and uh, Google auto-completed Barbiturate? <laughs> I have to look that up. Today's word of the day, barbiturate. Any of a class of sedative and sleep-inducing drugs derived from barbituric acid. So if you swallow a piece of a Barbie toy, you will fall asleep. You will fall asleep, yeah. I'm going to Google Barbie's Asian friend. This is not good podcast audio. Barbie's Asian friend. It's something horrible, isn't it? It's Kira, which is Kira. what which is what I was going to guess, okay. but I wasn't sure. So they perform the concert. They're being stalked out of the concert by the press, who are asking them a bunch of questions about what Barbie's going to do next. Because Barbie's toured all over the world. She's played in China. She's played in... Sometimes she's called Miko. So Sorry, I'm still reading interchangeable? up on this. I'm still reading up on this. It says Kira slash Miko, Marina in Europe. Okay. So that's probably why you didn't recognize because you were like, oh, like, where's Marina? Yeah, I was definitely thinking that throughout <laughs> the movie. The first appearance was in the line of Tropical Barbie in 1985 as Miko. So she's probably referred to as Miko in this film. Okay, this that would make some sense. before she gets legal name change. Yeah. She decides, she gets put into witness protection. Yes. Is I'm sure what happens after this movie. Um... So the, the press are following them out of their, their latest Big Bash concert. Barbie's been made the ambassador for peace. World peace, yeah. For world peace. The for, I'm not sure what that title means. It means literally Maybe zero it's their, things. Maybe they assigned her this title that sounded really important because they were like, please, dear God, retire from this career. Please like, stop. Do something please, else. <laughs> it's just, please stop. Please, please stop. stop. Please stop. Please stop. Please stop. Please stop. So they're, they're leaving this concert and being stalked by the, hounded by the press. Like, you played everywhere. What are you going to do next? What are you going to do next? And then someone else, I think Derek says, sorry guys, interview over. And then someone else yells, but what are you going to do next? And Barbie says, without turning around, so I'm not sure that any of the people can hear her. She says, we're doing something. And then they, I guess. She says it's going to be out of this world. Wink. Just Wink. a little private conversation between Barbie and Barbie. Yeah, and then they decide to go to a cloud restaurant. Yeah, it's kind of Space Needle-ish, because they were, they were all like, oh, the concert's over, I'm hungry, where should we go? Yeah, and they decide into the, to into the sky. eat above the clouds. I... Which, planes are going to crash into this restaurant, that's yeah, not even avoidable. But instead of, instead of having dinner at this restaurant, they perform an impromptu concert for the patrons. It's This is the thing. Is this whole setup was like, oh, it's a musical number. So I'm thinking, wait a minute, this is a musical. Not a musical in the sense of 
There are performances at concerts which are musical numbers in and of themselves. There are some films that do that. Like I think of like Pitch Perfect as an example where the characters don't have interactions that lead to them just singing, right? I've not seen Pitch Perfect, but I presume that all the musical numbers in the Pitch Perfect movies are like diegetic. Yeah. Right? Okay. So I thought, I see this, this musical sequence happening. It's very well choreographed. And I think, oh... I guess this is also a musical musical as opposed to a performance musical. Do you think Barbie and the Rockers all have maybe a rare form of Tourette's where <laughs> they literally can't help themselves from putting on concerts, from just bursting into songs? They just and, have to. And dancing. They just like can't control they, it. It's hard to tell because of the picture quality. We've got Again, we've got a really bad encode rip of a VHS cassette. So it's hard to see the pain in their faces um, <laughs> as they're like... Again, very incredible. As their muscles contract involuntarily to force them into dance positions. Like in circles and the camera changes and, and they're still in the same position. I thought this was a very well storyboarded for most of it. The previs was. Yeah. And then the song ends and they're standing there and you can see them standing like panting out of breath because yeah. they're because of they've been performing. And then everyone in the restaurant is applauding they and it's still, like. They still haven't had dinner. They still haven't had dinner. And then the band thanks Barbie for putting their minds at ease. You put your own minds at ease. You all sang the same bloody song. And then when the guys are singing, when there's the, I don't know if you noticed this, when the guys were doing the lip sync, there's no male vocals. Yeah, they just are lip syncing Barbie. Yeah. So do you think they're all part of one collective board consciousness? Like Like a gestalt musician? Do you think maybe there's some cursed artifact that like psychically linked all of them and forces them to, you know, I guess every hour on the hour perform some musical number because they non-stop every time they enter a new location have to stop what they're doing and sing a song I'm willing to go one further I think every Barbie movie is like it's like a Q episode from Star Trek The Next Generation where he's like haha this week you're gonna be Robin Hood and his merry men except it's this time they're rockers and then next time it's the Nutcracker and then you know so every every Barbie movie it's these characters kind of being forced by this otherworldly omniscient all-powerful force to dance for him. yes basically He's, um, he's metaphorically shooting at their feet. Yeah, and forcing them to participate in it's his... It's not very dark. It, well, it's Barbie. It's... I always thought there was a darkness to her, you know? She's hiding something. There's there's something she's not telling us. You can see it in her eyes. Not in this video, obviously, because it was so badly compressed. <laughs> so... So they, they dance literally all night. Yes. At, the, at this restaurant, I guess, because they, they <laughs> arrive at Barbie's apartment the, in the morning. Having like, not at dawn, eaten... I, I assume, we don't know that they didn't eat, yeah. but we know she says explicitly, like, we danced all night. Like, they have not slept. Yeah. And then Barbie receives a letter in the mail, a special delivery, this very, very handsome mailman with a Tom Selleck mustache. Most of the men who aren't members of this musical group do have the mustache. I think, do you think Barbie has a fear of facial hair? Why would you say that? Because no one in the band has... Any, but she inter- she's she's very cordial when she interacts with the the gentlemen in her life who do have facial hair. I think I feel which like is literally all of the other men in her life what, besides these two. What if? And go with me on this one. Um, what if there was an earlier cut of this movie that Mattel watched and vetoed because every time someone with facial hair appeared, Barbie just goes. <laughs> <laughs> And like, can you cut out all of the new... Like, I don't know why she's having that reaction. Oh, she's scared of beards. Why? Cut it. So if somewhere on like the deep web, the dark web, there is probably There's a... There's a cut of this. 
probably in like high def as well because people want to preserve that the the beard fear cut. So they're having a ball to honor Barbie for being made ambassador to world peace. And by the way, I want to stress it is just Barbie, not the band in its entirety. We there's a sequence before the ball where they're all getting ready, but it's really just. Barbie trying just... on every single outfit and the other members of the band like helping her get dressed and I wasn't sure if there was like if they were her servants and yeah you remember you asking me were, that like if they were like androids <laughs> if she had enslaved them because they're all subservient to her and they exist for her to follow through with my previous cue from Star Trek analogy what if Barbie is, is Q and she's the it's like that Twilight Zone episode where she's going to wish them into the cornfield yeah. if they don't do what she says and agree with her at all times. Or to use a more uh, recent pop culture reference uh, to something I don't think you've seen, um, the USS Callister episode of Black Mirror. I haven't seen that. You should watch Black it. Black Mirror again. scares me. It makes me uncomfortable. You should watch at least that one episode because oh, okay. I, I think you will enjoy that. It's, but it's very Twilight Zone. So they go to this ball and everyone's singing and dancing and drinking and laughing and having a wonderful time. And suddenly Barbie gets up on the stage where there's a full orchestra playing and just tells the conductor, stop. So he stops. And everyone in the orchestra is like, what the fuck is... Why? Who's this bitch? And then Barbie, I assume, like, that was what, that was my read of the situation. And then Barbie gets up and announces to the shock of everyone, including her bandmates, that the next thing they're doing is performing in space. She's performed everywhere on Earth, but not everywhere. What did she actually say? What was the line? Oh gosh, I don't remember. It was something to the effect of we've Well, put, she's, we've... she's, she's performed all over the world, so now she's gonna perform out of this world. Yes, which that, is that's... the title. This, or the subtitle, I guess. That's the line. But everyone, like, this is the first time her bandmates are hearing about this. This is the first time anyone, like, what if any of the band are, like, scared of heights, scared of confined spaces? Or just spaces? can't handle the Gs physically? Because yeah. you have to go through training. This, and this is, there's so many, like, logistical questions. So I, I wrote down in my notes, Barbie is an eccentric billionaire who no one can say no to. Barbie is Elon Musk. <laughs> And that just happened today as well. <laughs> yeah, uh, today the the SpaceX stuff happened. I don't. So that's this all I this know movie, is the word SpaceX and that an event happened. So I'm gonna let you fill in the rest I, of that. Sentence. I, I'll be honest. I haven't been following it, but based on what my friends and slash or Twitter feed have been saying, I think Elon Musk put a 1992 Buick Skylark in orbit around the Earth. Are you sure he didn't put a pink shuttle? In orbit. No, I, I wish he had because then this movie would be weirdly prophetic. <laughs> but yeah, like, there's so many logistical, like, everything that Barbie is announcing is so cost prohibitive. A concert in space, how are they going to get there? How are they going to train themselves to get there? It, would, it takes years and years. Yeah. But I, it's like they do it over the course of an afternoon, all the, all the astronauts. It, it is four minutes if it's anything, because you have to remember, this is the first, this is it one is of two 20 some. Yeah. Set to one of Barbie's very memorable songs. But like, we're doing a concert in space. Who for? Who's in space? Zero people. There's no one up there. To enjoy your concert. What are you doing? What a waste of time. And we see through the course of this movie how ridiculous and cost prohibitive this entire venture is. Because we see, we see their training sequence where they get, they, they get put through anti-gravity 
the spinner, the thing that has... Like, who signed off on training these rock stars? We have to assume that this is happening in a parallel timeline where Elon Musk existed in the 80s and the entire framework of SpaceX, A, already existed, and B, was already financially profitable. Because otherwise, what the fuck is Barbie doing? What is she doing, Molly? I genuinely... We need to get back to... Barbie is constructing this fantasy. She's the driver and she um, is forcing it. She was bending everyone else to her will. Warping reality around her. That's the only thing that makes this... Makes sense is is a generous term, but it's the only thing that makes it tolerable to my mind. (laughs) Nothing else makes... Like, the the, the Q omniscient being Barbie, which, again, would make a great toy, is that's the only version of this story that makes sense. So they're finally getting ready to go into space. They do head towards, as we've alluded to several times, a pink... Space shuttle. It is pink. It says the word Barbie on the side. It has the word Barbie on the side. The minute it came on the screen, the first thing I said is, that's a toy. That has got to be a toy. In fact, I'm going to look it up. Well, I would be careful looking up pink shuttle. Did they make a toy of this bad boy? Let me have a look. I feel like there's no way they wouldn't have. I feel like they were like, their entire attitude was, we've got all of these, I can find lots of screen grabs on the shore, but I can't find, and also a pink fridge, I guess. Oh. I'm not... My first thought when I saw that was they've got a job lot of rockets from like a G.I. Joe line that they they weren't able to sell or they had the molds. So they just sprayed them pink or just had them made out of pink plastic. But I can't find a toy of this thing online. So if there if there ever was, if anyone listening to this is a, a Barbie expert, do feel free to let us know if there was ever a pink shuttle toy released as part of the Barbie and the Rockers range. So they get in the shuttle and Barbie single handedly with a joystick between her legs not subtle at all, uh, <laughs> pilots the shuttle into space. Yeah, there's a there's a marked absence of space professionals. I mean, the band, they're the only They're the only people on the shuttle. On the shuttle. They're not wearing spacesuits either. They're just wearing they're, their clothes. They're just wearing their civvies. Yeah. I feel like I don't know a lot about space. Everything I know about space I learned from that one cover of Space Oddity that uh, Commander Hatfield did. But I feel like there should have been a helmet. At the very least. Put on an upside down fishbowl. Something. Give me something, Barbie. This, again, and this all lends credence to the concept that this is, this is Barbie warping reality. So they get to the space station. Yeah, they arrive at the space station. Tell, after te- having a, a musical number. Tell me about the space station, Molly. Oh, God. Well, for one thing, the space station is equipped with a concert hall. As Why? most space stations are. Why? It's also, I, I remember as they were approaching the space station and thinking, this is a very weird shaped space station. It's oddly phallic, but not like super duper phallic. It's got like a bulb on top. Yeah. But the purpose of that bulb becomes apparent later. Yeah. It's a a huge space station. It is Mm -hmm. like, they fly past planets to get to this thing. More planets than are in our solar system. So do you think that they were traveling for years? This is a, this is a, a a Planet of the Apes situation where there was like a time. (laughs) They were in cryosleep. Yeah. This is all something that they dreamed in their cryosleep. Yeah. And then they finally got to the shuttle and another Tom Selleck greeted them there. There's still gravity on the shuttle. There's gravity on the space station. And then... They go to their dressing room to to prepare themselves for the concert. And they turn the gravity off. The the gravity's just off. There's a scene where they're getting ready in zero gravity and and singing a song about it. But there's one... There's a special moment that I do want to call attention to during this sequence. Mm -hmm. Where Barbie (laughs) needs a pair of earrings. 
that are that are floating in zero gravity. As earrings are meant to do. Yeah, so she just she just kind of, they were just kind of floating around there. And Midge passes them to her by blowing on them. And it is ex- an extremely sensual moment. It's very personal. It's very intimate. Despite the like distance, there's this very... The way that the shot is framed, they ca- they were calling attention to the, the puckering of the lips. And as, the closing of the eyes and the, yes. the gentle blowing. A gentle blowing, by the way... I feel like that was... ...is my favourite George Michael song. Um, <laughs> I do feel... I feel strongly... That Bobby and Midge had were, were they have, doing they something. They have done it at yeah. least once. I feel like all the, definitely all the women in this movie are bisexual. Yeah, all of the women in the audience when Barbie performs seem to be responding to all of the her. white women. Yeah, because it's almost exclusively white women. Because <laughs> it's the eighties, and I guess people of color hadn't been invented yet, except no. for the one in we, the band. We are going to get into there is um a, a, <laughs> oh yeah some, oh, some no. racial commentary yeah. I want. I also want to call attention to the fact, listener, you won't be able to. You will never have the experience watching this movie that I had because I got to watch this movie with Molly, and Molly kept doing wide-eyed, like sharp intake of breath, looking at the screen in a way that I was trying to figure out. I've watched other Barbie movies with Molly before and seen her get excited about what was happening on the screen. And again, I'm not putting you on blast for that. Like you are, you love what you love. You're excited about the things that you're excited about. You are chasing your bliss, and I commend you for that. I wish I could unashamedly love the things that I love the way that you love these Barbie movies. But this is the first time I've ever sat down with you to watch a Barbie thing and seen a look of such... The, the, the best way to describe it, it was, a, it was, a, it was like a, 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 an ice cream sundae of confusion, anger, betrayal, <laughs> and, and frustration yeah. that you couldn't stop. No, that sums it up. It, it was definitely... A feeling of like I want this pain to stop. I have to like practice conscious breathing yeah. to get through this painful experience. This is this is the broccoli you had to endure. Oh no, I love broccoli. This was more like labor. This was this. You you said it was like giving birth. <laughs> Watching this movie was like having a, the process of having a okay, child. Okay, like maybe this is TMI, but like I get cramps once a month, right? And yeah. I like there's a certain mindset that you enter when you're like I have to get through this painful experience that I know is going to last, you know, a couple hours yeah. and I just have to like breathe through it until it's over and it will be over. Like that was the mindset <laughs> I was in. Was like I just have to focus on my breathing. I know this will end at some point. <laughs> and then I remember there were several points where you asked like how much longer have we got? of this and we were not that far into well, the movie well fortunately already. it was only 45 yeah it's a 45 minutes, minute so. special so we didn't have to endure a lot but there was there's that moment they finish getting dressed they're ready and they look in the mirror and Barbie says are we hot and they all say we're hot and my first thought was this is a children's film for little girls <laughs> and that's the thing that you want to leave them that's with that's the message they, that this film makes a big deal out of the fact that Barbie's been made a world ambassador for world peace, but it makes a bigger deal out of how fucking sexy she is, and that it blows my mind. That's the main. They spent more time getting changed and putting on different clothes and sensually kissing earrings towards each other. <laughs> See, I was okay with that. Then they spent. Well, of course not. That because that that is a moment where a, a young girl may watch this and go, Aww. huh? Or be like, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it. I wonder how many people of the, I'm going to just say maybe a hundred or so people who listen to this podcast watched this film as a kid and will go back and rewatch it 
now and, that and have their, that moment. Yeah, and they look back and they go, oh my god, that was it. That was the... Si- I understood something about myself. In that, that is moment. the shot that made me gay. Because <laughs> that's how it happens. You watch something and it changes you fundamentally yeah. as a person. For me, it was... Um, Anytime Commander Riker sat down in Star Trek The Next Generation. <laughs> I can see how that would be effective. Yeah, I'm into it. I don't care. People want to make fun of that on the internet? They can if they want. I think but... it's silly, but like, in the best way. Yeah. So they go to the, they, they go to the venue, which they're already in because in it's the, a space station. In the station. space station. They're t- here's the thing. They're told, you guys are on in five minutes. Okay, that's fine. But then they're shown the venue for the first time, which seems like bad, bad <laughs> event planning. Like, Tom Selleck is there, like, flicking switches and, like, here's how the venue's going to open up. And then it opens up and suddenly the space station... Yeah, the, the bulb on the tip... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it expands it opens and opens up. A, like, it looks like a lotus, actually. It's yeah. kind of beautiful. It is beautiful. But you also have like to remember... Lotus, but who designed the space station? Like, what if the top opened into a pink lotus? Yeah. Who, who, nothing about this makes sense. It's we include a concert venue. No one is going to observe this venue from the outside because it's in space, several light years away if the transitional journey seek montage is anything to go by. So they're shown the venue. And then they perform their concert. They, like, yeah. The concert is broadcast around the world. I just... The man who greets them when they get off the shuttle introduces himself as, as Dr. Leonard. Not that important. But he also presumably is, like, in charge of the shuttle, right? And he shows them the venue. He also acts as their announcer. Like, this man... He's a jack of all trades. He has a PhD. (laughs) (laughs) He lives on a space shuttle. He presumably built the station, or is at least (laughs) instrumental in its construction and operation. Do you think that his heart is just breaking as he's doing, like... I can't believe you're making me do this for the publicity. Yeah. Like, do you think that he's being eaten away? I don't think he really likes the band that much no. either. I don't think this is his jam. He strikes me as more of a, like, pre-grunge person rather than yeah. the kind of pop rock that the Barbie and the Rockers are performing. By the way, how on the nose as a band name is Barbie and the Rockers? Well, we know that the concept was developed extremely fast. Yeah. Everything... This has a very first draft feel. I should also note that at no point is there any conflict in no the one, story. No one is no one is no. ever stressed, uncomfortable. In many ways, this is the perfect film for you. <laughs> you... No. <laughs> no one... I refuse to accept that that's what I am. No one is at any point made to feel discomfort in any way, shape, or form. And even when later events transpire... Everyone takes it in their stride. Yeah, they all, they're just excited. Yeah. And we So they perform their concert. They get on their shuttle. They're heading back to Earth. And then... They decide to have a jam session in space. They have, in, a, they have a jam session in space. In what is now Zero Gravity again. They have a Zero Gravity jam session. And Zero Gravity jam session is the name of a, a video cassette that my cousin Andy watched a lot. The end. Okay, that was a great joke. Hi, Andy. <laughs> And then they accidentally, like, summon a wormhole. Yeah, they fly into what I assume is the Doctor Who title sequence. It looks... It's it's just a bunch of blue swirls. It's blue swirls space. and clocks. Okay, so... Okay. <laughs> Let's back this up. So they're, they're going through a wormhole, and the extent of their reaction is kind of a, huh. Yeah. Right. And then these, like, dolly clocks start flying past them in this wormhole. Yeah. And Barbie says, hey, look. The clocks are going backwards. <laughs> not, hey guys, there's clocks Look in space. Look at all space. these fucking clocks. There's clocks in space. 
<laughs> just the first thing. Not even just one kind of clock. There are several different kinds of clocks. There's clock faces. There's grandfather clocks. And apparently they're moving slowly enough that she can perceive that the second hand is moving backwards. <laughs> yeah, kind of burying the lead there a little bit, Barbie. I feel like um, that's not... I wouldn't open with, oh, I'm running backwards. I would open with, what the fuck is the deal with all these clocks? Clocks are made manifest by the event of time travel. Time travel makes clocks appear. the clocks into existence. Which raises the question, did we invent clocks? Or did clocks invent us? No, that's not what Maybe I mean. Maybe clocks did... invented themselves. Yeah, clocks always were. It's not that clo- we mankind invented the clock to tell the passage of time. It's that we always knew innately in our hearts what a clock was, and we made them happen. Oh, that's beautiful. Not as beautiful as the rest of this movie. Oh God. I think the rest of this movie is beautiful insofar as it takes us closer to the ending. (laughs) (laughs) This movie should be in the Smithsonian. And by in the Smithsonian, I mean in a trash can just outside of the Smithsonian. (laughs) So they arrive... They, they they radio down, uh, say, ground control, and some voices, ground control, haha, <laughs> that's pretty funny, are you air control? And that's our first sign that something is wrong. But the crew are just like, uh, I guess, can we land? And the voice is like, yeah, why not? He makes some condescending comment about little green men. Yeah. And Barbie's like, okay. And I assumed that was because she's so accustomed to the casual sexism of her industry that she just takes these sorts of things yeah. in stride. Uh, so they, they land, they park their pink shuttle on the runway, which is not a euphemism. Oh my god. Um, and then a little <sighs> a little girl runs out, sees the shuttle, says, Oh look, a flying saucer speaking to a fundamental misunderstanding of basic shape recognition. And then the band emerges from the shuttle. The little girl, and I assume the guy is her dad. Her father. Um, the little girl says, Are you guys from outer space? And Barbie just says, Yes. Which is a lie. <laughs> That's immediately a lie. Maybe she asked if, if they came from outer, outer space. In which case, yes, they did come from They did there, come from... they didn't fr- originate yeah. from there. But that wasn't the question. It was, are you from outer space? Yes. No! No, Barbie! No! I think we're all from outer space if, if we're from a planet that floats in space. We're, and we're, we're also, in space right now, really. Yeah, yes. On this pale blue That's dot. kind of... This is getting very poetic. Aww. Everyone in the band is confused but not distressed about the fact that there's, they don't... There's, Every, it's not conflict, but everything they even remotely come up against, there's just a, huh, reaction. <laughs> it's huh. like, it's like thinking, huh. oh, uh, I've got a, I've got a little bit of uh, fruit juice in the fridge. I'm going to have that. And then you open the fridge door and it's gone and you don't remember drinking it. So you go, huh. huh. Yeah. And then that's it. That's how everyone reacts to everything that happens in this movie. Um, I'm just sad that we don't have a way to write out that sound to make it the subtitle for this episode. <laughs> episode Barbie and the Rockers. Huh. huh. Uh, <laughs> I might still be able to do that. Just, just. Uh, I think H H U H U H U N H. Period. Huh. Huh. And mine is more of an H E. Like huh. Like a. Yeah, I think that's an accent I thing. Think maybe it's, that's a, a. It's all about tongue placement. Which is incidentally also what she said. Now, um, so the 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 doctor, what was his name again? I don't. His his last name started with an M. I think it was a made up last name. It doesn't matter. Do- he looks kind of like Doctor Strange. He he did a little bit. He says, "Oh, you guys must have time traveled," and then they go very that tracks. casually. Yeah, very casually. Huh. Like, oh, oh, I know what happened. Yeah, it's gonna take some time. There's to- your problem. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I'm just imagining him like, yeah. <laughs> 
Just like as like a shitty plumber, like, well, I can't get the parts in now. So, which is basically what happens. He says, yeah, I can try to get you back to where you come from, but it's going to take a little while. And everyone's like, okay, all right. Uh, we'll just uh, hang out here. We'll, we'll go shopping. Yeah, and that's what they we'll, do. We'll take your daughter with us. He gives them the keys to... Is it a pink convertible? He just has... It's it's a convertible. No, they buy. Or do they buy They it? buy that car. They buy themselves a car with money. That they have. I guess because of inflation, their money goes farther so they can just buy whatever they want. They they spend a lot of time looking at sunglasses. And my first thought is, are sunglasses outlawed in the parallel future of 1987 Maybe Barbie world? Maybe that was her first act as ambassador of world peace. Was she banned like, sunglasses? You know, like, sunglasses cover your eyes. They inhibit human communication. And they allow so deception. To, yeah, so we need to ban them. Yeah. And yeah, it, I mean, everyone, everyone, no one, there's no urgency to any of this. Like, well, you may never do, get home. We do okay. want to come back to the fact that when they got off the shuttle and um, Dr. What's his name? I have him on my notes Strange, as Dr. Man. I don't Dr. know if that's Dr. his actual Man, name. Dr. Man. Dr. Man. Um, informs them that they are in the, the year of our Lord, 1959. The fact that Christy doesn't immediately go, okay, you guys go ahead. I'm going <laughs> to wait in the shuttle. I'm just going to be back here. I'm just going to go hang out. Uh, you guys go have fun. Being really the only person of color in the band. In the movie. In the movie, really? even. Like, she's going to have a rough time. Yeah. Uh, but the movie, this is not a movie interested in racial Historical politics. Historical accuracy of any kind. Um, Up until this point, it had been very well researched. Yeah. So they this finish. This is where they break away from that. Yeah. Obviously. So they finish their um, their shopping spree and they go, they, they and they still have the little girl with them. Yeah, and they the say, daughter. Her name yeah, is Kim. And they say, so where do you like to hang out in this time period in a very condescending sort of way? And then they answer the question without giving her a chance to speak and say, oh, That's malt shops. Malt shops, right? Yeah. So they go to a malt shop where, again, all white people, almost exclusively white people, and there's just a stage with instruments set up for no reason in the middle of this malt shop. So what do the Barbie and the Rockers do? Well, they just... They put on a they, concert. They put on a concert. They buy, they buy Kim a banana split. They buy her a banana split, which you were very distressed when they put raisins on the banana oh, split. Oh, God. That was, that was probably the most upsetting part of this movie. There was a shot, and I swear to God, it looked to me like it was being sort of like a Chekhov's gun situation where it was going to be important later. There was like, what looked like a green kale smoothie, like... Front you were really hung up on this green It bugged milkshake. me. Like, it was so green. I told you it was pistachio and you wouldn't have it's, it. it was, it's too green for pistachio. A pistachio, it was 1959. Pistachios hadn't been invented yet. This did, did not make sense. It looked, my first thought was, that's a kale smoothie. That's an anachronism. Because no one in 1959 Did they have kale, kale smoothies in 1987? I don't know. Okay. Feel free to write in. Uh, you can tweet Please us at the Life Toyeti. If you were alive in the year 1987 <laughs> and you remember distinctly having a kale smoothie, please tell us. Tell us exactly the consistency and the flavor. And did it come in a malt glass? And did Barbie sing at you while you drank it? Uh, my note at this point just says, we're almost free. <laughs> they, they put on a concert at the malt shop because they put on a concert wherever they go. Because again, they have concert Tourette's. Their God they, compels them. They cannot help themselves. Yeah. And they end up kind of accidentally launching a career. I don't think there's anything accidental about okay, it. Okay, well, they intentionally launch them. They rebrand themselves as Barbie and the Sensations, right? Yeah. Because I guess Rockers is a little too intense for the late 50s. And they basically build new lives for themselves. And this is, I mean, you have to, the, the success of Barbie and the Sensations, the, the success. Barbie and the Sensei? 
Barbie and the Sensei. But That's a movie I would watch. That, that, that does sound really cool. Yeah, it's Splinter from Ninja Turtles. It's a crossover. <laughs> the success of Barbie and the Sensations happens very quickly. And because it's, it happens in a montage, I personally, and I think you said something very similar while we were watching it, I believe that happened over a period of time. Like, this is... This is it happens over the course of, I want to say, years. I was going to say three to five years minimum. Cause there's because no she, way. There's there's in the montage there's scenes of her doing photo shoots, she's on magazine covers. They perform more concerts more because concerts. of course they do. This is a serious alteration to the timeline. Yeah. And then they reach a point that they're gonna do a concert at Cape, Cape Kennedy. Cape Canaveral. Cape Canaveral. Cape Canaveral. Cape Canaveral. They're gonna do a concert at Cape Canaveral. And at this point, so Doc- it's, it's basically contact yeah. at this point. <laughs> uh, and Dr. Doctorman says, um, well, I figured out what the issue was. Uh, I think you guys must have been playing <gasps> oh your instruments. God. Oh my God. While the planets were aligned in a certain way. And, and then like- the harmonic resonance of the chords <laughs> you were playing somehow interacted with the position of the planets and opened up a wormhole. Exactly. Which I, I did uh, text Neil deGrasse Tyson after we finished watching and that does track. So I think we're basically fine. Actually, sidebar, I would love to watch movies like this with Neil deGrasse Tyson as a guest <laughs> because I just want, I want to watch a man's head explode. <laughs> I want to see his head pop like a like a ripened tomato that's being squished by oh, a petulant dear. child because it would just it would it, it, i can't imagine he would make do you it think this he thing. would just it would be one of those situations where he would start a new actually and like not be able to complete it so he would just eventually short out and be like like every new frame he would come up with something new and he would just he would turn into a human max head he would just, like just, smoke <clears throat> would start coming from his ears yeah. and he would just his, he would just slump over and just like... Piss. Like Crichton overloading in Red Dwarf, yeah. which is a reference that you get. No, yes, I'm yes. very familiar with you and your references to British yep. things that I love and watch. Anyway, <laughs> so Barbie says, well, we can take care of the randomly tootling on our instruments part. What about the planets? And Dr. Doctorman says, the planets will align the night of your concert. <laughs> the planets will align ever so nicely. Yes. The time to act will be at hand. <laughs> When the moon is in the seventh house and Jupiter aligns with Mars, then peace will guide our planet uh, and you'll be able to travel back to 1987. <coughs> this is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. Oh my God. The age of Aquarius. 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 <laughs> so they go, to their, they go to perform their I'm show. I'm sorry, I need to... I just, I just need to... <laughs> We're nearly done. Oh We're at an hour and one minute, I've three minutes. I've been through a lot. I've been through a lot in the last hour and a half. We can do this. When it's home runs, home stretch. Okay. Okay. The home run stretch. The home run stretch. So they go to perform their concert with the pink shuttle behind them. Which I, I made a note that that reminded me of one of my favorite movies, Galaxy Quest. When I think of shuttles on stages. Fair point. Yeah. Unfortunately, a giant bug man does not climb out and need to be shot by Tim Allen. I feel like that would have maybe saved this whole movie. Like, if a giant... like that, had, if they had been pursued by... Yeah. Am I the only person... Whenever I, buggy aliens. Whenever I think about those aliens from Galaxy Quest, I always mentally picture them standing alongside Hopper from A Bug's Life. Yeah, like, I can see that. For me, like, they're in a very similar, like, biological... They exist in a similar space, biologically speaking. They both have the the antenna action. Yeah. 
Anyway, Barbie and her band perform their stupid dumb songs that everybody loves. God. I didn't I did write utterly forgettable music. <laughs> Most of the music is either really bad original songs or it is really it, bad horrible covers. covers that don't justify their own existence. There, I just I do want to say that bef- right before they go into space, they do sing Do You Believe in Magic? which I think magic is what powers the the engine of the hate shuttle. in Barbie's soul. Well, that too. But the fact that they're singing like magic will get us into space. No, literally the opposite I of mean, magic is what gets you into space. Yeah. Neil deGrasse Tyson pops up on screen. <laughs> and just actually, says, actually, actually, actually. <laughs> I mean, we know what makes, you know, shuttles go. Okay. It's not rocket science. It is rocket science, but it's not difficult to put the dots together. There's got to be another expression for that. It's not brain surgery. It's, <laughs> it's rocket not, science. It's not rocket surgery. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so my note here by the way for this concert is people in 1959 can't dance for shit well at least now they have barbie and the sensations to teach them we should note that yeah. before before they give their concert there is a heartfelt moment between <laughs> there's a heartfelt moment between barbie and kim the child where barbie gives her a locket that i guess she's been wearing this whole time i don't know Puts it around Kim's neck and says, you know, like, whenever you're lonely, just, like, look at this locket. Like, I'll be thinking of you. And Kim lets out a very strange wail that does not sound like the cry of a child. It's more of a... It was definitely a grown woman. It was a grown adult. I guess they, like... The child could only work so many hours a day, and they just, like, couldn't get all her lines in that day in the recording <sighs> she, studio. So did, they just, did the kid leave? She's left already. Shit. Okay. Um, uh, uh, Beth, get in here. We need the sound of a woman crying. You're always crying at your cubicle, right? Get in here. <laughs> get in here, you dumbass. And... It, was, okay, it, was don't 19, stop- it was 1987, so they probably did speak to women that yeah. way. Uh, don't start crying yet. We haven't started recording. God, she's so unprofessional. Um, we missed out the best part, which was Barbie talking about the importance of future space travel and being interviewed by a, a, a TV journalist who says... After she says about the importance of going into space and exploring space, the journalist says, you sound like you've already been there. And Barbie just gyms to the camera, just stares straight at the camera with dead eyes, which is an expression we will come back to in just a short moment. We skip forward to the concert. Barbie's given the girl the locket and they all get in the shuttle. And then Dr. Doctorman like, pulls some levers and presses some switches as the planets are now aligned. And an energy field envelops... On stage. On stage, stage, in front of people. A wormhole on the set. Like, people should be getting sucked into this thing. People should have died. At bare minimum, I'm fairly confident everyone who attended that concert died of suspicious radiation poisoning within five years of that event. (laughs) Because no one, there were no survivors. The shuttle goes back through the vortex. There are more Dali clocks. Peter Capaldi's Doctor Who theme plays silently in the distance. (laughs) You want to hum that for us? No, because I don't want us to get dinged for copyright. Oh. I'm sorry. And then I, my notes basically end with me saying, I feel like I'm trapped in a nightmare. <laughs> I don't have much else noteworthy. Well, as soon as they, they return back to Earth, it's, it's, you know, 1987 again or whatever. Do they ever actually say the current year? I no. don't think they do. They say like, oh, we're back in like our own time. Which I assume is 87 because otherwise it's stupid. And then they immediately give another concert. They land they, and perform. They, land, they hop out and they're like, oh, cool. Like, let's do it again. Like... No, an announcer says now they're going to do their Welcome Back concert. How are they alive? They're machines. Like, 
Do you think that when they were preparing for the concert in 1959, that one of them was thinking, guys, you know when we get back, we immediately have to do another concert. Can we keep this set list short? <laughs> three songs. We'll do three songs. I'm, I'm just, I just want to know, like, I feel like they all need, like, vocal node surgery after this, after, just, just from the songs they sang over the course of this special and there was a lot there was a lot of that and again we're uh, this is still assuming that traveling through the temporal rift did not in some way expose them to radiation which yeah. will ha- harm them do you think maybe they performed that concert and then they all dropped dead yeah the, well the last thing we do see <laughs> is barbie's cold dead eyes looking straight into the camera her one pupil slightly larger uh. than the other and I think the thing that we don't one see... One of her eyes is a little lazy. Yeah. yeah. One of the, the thing we don't see before it like fades to the end credits is her collapsing in a heap. As... Is, it, is it like the end of Black Swan? <laughs> where she just like falls to the ground. She's like, I did it. Yes. <laughs> and then she dies. And they all just immediately die, yeah. If Barbie dies, does... The world, it's her world, right? She, she's, she created the sun and the sky, the people. She can, she, she has full dominion over every living creature in this world, for she is the puppet master and they are her playthings. If she dies. That's interesting. If she dies, does the world cease to exist? Or are they, are they all free? Are they, that, and that's a tricky question. Yeah. Philosophically, I, I don't know that we're equipped to, to answer it. It's like, it's like a, a spinning top and then cut to black. We yeah. don't know. Yeah, it's, it's a, it, I'm sure that the filmmakers intentionally yeah. left that ambiguous. Actually, Michael Caine gave an interview where he said that any of the scenes that he's in are when the when the character is awake. Oh, I meant like the filmmakers for Barbie and the Rockers intentionally left the ending ambiguous so that we, the viewers, could decide whether this was a dream world or whether I was, it was reality. See, what I was doing there was building towards a joke where Michael Caine is not present in the entirety of this movie, so oh, none no, of it I is real. Oh no, I Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. <laughs> say it again. Um, again. This is, I mean, this is the, this is the take that's staying in the podcast. I should have trusted you. It's okay. But you did betray me today. (laughs) Because we made, we watched the movie? No, because you ordered that monstrosity of a DVD that you swore that you were never going to watch again. I did betray you. And I would, you know, I'd I'd say sorry, but I'd do it again. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to apologize for, for what I did. I need closure. This is my journey. I have to continue down this path. And I know that you can't go with me. And that's okay. It just hurts me when... I don't want you to go somewhere I can't follow. <laughs> We're in this together. I, I need to know how this ends. I need to, I need to know how this how, how Super Mario Brothers happened. I need that, Molly. Please I've, don't I've, deny me that. I fear that this will be the journey that destroys you. <laughs> I feel like these are all like the lines you hear in the trailer about this. <laughs> so, final verdict. How do we feel about the you movie? You know how I feel. Um, this movie feels like 45 minutes of intense cramps. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing at your pain. Um, I, Of the four films that we've watched, you have scored two of them don't. So I'm guessing that's one of the ratings now. <laughs> is a don't. Is don't. This film is cramps. So we have two confirmed tears don't and cramps now these are both bad we've there's already been a review on itunes accusing us of being a bad movie podcast i Um, don't think the pokemon movie was bad well it wasn't it was it's the best one that we watched so far and troubles wasn't bad it was just yeah i would say at time of recording we've posted three episodes this is the fifth one we're recording we know that of the five films that we've watched so far there is generously a 40 percent hit 
for positive movies. Mm-hmm. But from the listener's perspective, it's 66% duds <laughs> and 33% you will definitely have a sexual awakening watching this I, movie. I'm going to look ahead and see what what is the first good movie that we're going to that we're going to watch. Oh, that's easy. Um in two episodes time we are watching the emoji Shut movie. Shut your so face. We're no. ebbing ever no, closer. No, 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 here, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Fuck. You're not okay. You are not I just allowed- you You're not allowed to make any deletes. I'm not going to delete it. Don't remove the emoji movie from that list. I, neither of us have seen it. We both have to endure it together. Um, Transformers is not bad in the way that Super Mario is. It's a, you Super might, Mario Brothers is bad. It is a different flavor it's of It's a awful. different kind of... These are movies to sell toys. We're yeah. not expecting them to be cinematic opuses. No, I, I think that, that is, is that expecting... Plural, is that the plural of opus? Opie. Opie. Yeah, Mr. Holland's Opie. That's a Opie. nail polish brand. Yeah. That's the sequel to Mr. Holland's Opus is Mr. Holland's Opie. Mr. Holland's o- Opuser. O- <laughs> Still open. <laughs> to, to Holland, to Opus. <laughs> yeah, my... Getting back to rating this movie, Barbie and the Rockers, Out of This World, and Barbie and the Sensations, Rockin' Back to Earth, round up to destroy. Like, I want every copy of this movie obliterated <laughs> from human memory. I would willingly subject myself to a lobotomy if the net gain was I no longer remember this movie. That's interesting because that was how I felt about Super Mario Brothers. And I bought... I want to wipe this. But you... I bought a second coffee. You're finally in my shoes. You finally understand what it's been like to have to, to, to watch something that is from a franchise that you have some amount of emotional attachment to. And you know, like, it's not great, but to have the other person just, like, retreat, like, crawl out of their skin, want to escape this experience. Yes. So now you can appreciate yeah. the experience of emotional menstrual cramps. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the episode title? <laughs> Maybe. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm. I just. I just. I want this film gone. I'm gonna. I'm. I think I'm gonna send. So, them... if you traveled back in time to 1959, you would. Well, it, it wouldn't have been made yet, but you would find a child and be like, "I have a special task for you. In 30 years, you're going to hear tell of a film, a TV special, and you need to do everything in your power to destroy it and keep it from going to air." This is. But this is the question, though, because by doing that, we risk altering the timeline in in a in a irreparable way. Because we need to ask ourselves how instrumental in the success of the Barbie and the Rockers toy line and the failure of the Jim and the Holograms toy, toy line was this animated special. But do we know that it would alter the timeline in a bad way? We don't it know. Might solve a lot we of can't win. We are not all knowing beings. We're not Barbie. We can't make those kinds of choices. Like the history we have is the history that we live with. And as much as I would love to, I would obliterate every copy of this movie now. I don't think I would obliterate them retroactively. I think what I will do is send messages to the YouTube channels who have uploaded this and say, please delete it. Humanity needs you to remove this. But I'm not going to... If time travel is invented tomorrow, I'm not going back to unmake this movie. The fact that this movie exists is, I think, a fitting punishment for this blighted hellscape that we live in today. <laughs> this is the... We we, built, we've earned this. We earned this retroactively. Um, we brought upon ourselves... Yeah. Our own undoing. Yeah. We deserve the, the the hand that we deal ourselves. We deserve to be rocked back to Earth. Yes. <laughs> we, we deserve these sensations. <laughs> and the sensations are uh, cramps. 
Is that it? Is that it? And are we finally done with this podcast and we can go close yeah. our eyes Ooh, for a minute? Yeah, do the, the closing waffle. Oh, yes. Well, we're going to call it there. Thank you so much for listening to The Life Toy Edit with, uh, with Ben and Molly. We want to thank everyone who's reviewed the show on iTunes so far. There are a couple of really nice reviews there. If you've enjoyed the show, if you've enjoyed the five episodes that we put out so far, please, please do leave a review on iTunes. Your honest reviews are what allow the show to grow and uh, attract other visitors, unless they're bad. If you don't like the show, keep your fucking mouth shut, Kevin. <laughs> Well, if if you like it, tell your friends. If you don't like it, tell your enemies and force them to listen to it. Yeah. So everyone wins. They get they suffer. You don't have to listen, and we get more listens. Yeah. So it's a win win win. Three wins. Three wins. There are three wins all over the place. It's four if you count if the enemy likes the show. Yeah. So that's four wins. That's you can't beat that. How many? What other situation are you going to be in where there are four stacked wins? None. Ever. I will put money on that. Not a lot, but some. Um, so yeah, do please leave a positive review on iTunes. Feel free to tweet about us. If you want to tweet at us, we are at the Life Toyetic on Twitter. We're also on Facebook. We're on Tumblr. Social media generally. You we're can, on LinkedIn. We're on LinkedIn. We're on Friendspace, Bebo, Google Plus. Google Plus. Uh, we're on Google Wave, I believe, if that's still around. Yeah, feel free to. You know, if you have any questions, if there's anything that you want to know more about the show, or if you want to know what's coming up, karma, 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 chameleon. Yeah, if you if you have any questions or any suggestions for toyetic movies that we should watch in the future, do feel free to message those to us, and you can email us. I actually, set up an email address <gasps> um, at uh, show at thelifetoyetic.com. Fancy, and we may read your messages in future episodes. We want to thank everyone who's tweeted about the show so far. Huge thank you to Dane Enderton, who is Pakistan. Dane, Dane, you're so cool. Yeah, Dane's the coolest. You're so nice to us. What a nice guy. Thank you so much. You've, you've tweeted a few times about the show, and you always have such nice things to say as well. It really, uh, really makes me feel like what we're doing here is not a complete waste of time. <laughs> so that's nice. Thank you so much. Huge thanks to Brian Young on Twitter as well for uh, talking about us a little bit. And for talking talk about how much he's been thoroughly enjoying the show. Thank you so much. If you tweet about us, maybe we'll give you a shout out at the end of the show, much like this one. Maybe we won't, though. All the other people who tweeted about us, I haven't said shit. <laughs> you know, you gotta, you gotta know when to hold them and know when to fold them. You gotta play the game. You gotta play the game. It's spectacular thank you to Brian Melblum for uh, the theme tune, which he put together for us. Thank you so much. What is the next film gonna be? Oh, what I. You have, you oh, have oh, 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 is it gonna be. Oh, it's another one we have to look up on YouTube. Oh, no. Okay. Are you ready for this? I, I know what it is. Um, and I just want to say, I'm sorry. This was your <laughs> choice. We keep, this was my choice. And I didn't... We planned out the list kind of early on. And I didn't take into account the fact that it would just be... Uh, a such bunch a chore. Movies, a bunch of movies that are really difficult to watch in a row. Yeah. And I have a feeling that this one is also going to be difficult to watch. But we don't know. I'm My default setting for all of these is cautious optimism. So, See, I've been I've been burned five times now. <laughs> so I've kind of uh, hope has forsaken these lands. But this is so a this is a Barbie movie we just watched. This was technically a self burn. He Man was a self burn. I'm just saying, we, you know, we're doing this to ourselves. But the next movie that we are watching is Furby Island. <laughs> uh, That's gonna be a blast. This is a movie I didn't know existed until I was I was just like literally we were listing off toys. 
we, and we were Googling movie. <laughs> so I Googled Furby movie and I was not expecting to find one, but here we are. Yeah, there's a few things on the list right there. Like we found a ta- Tamagotchi movie. There's two there's, Tamagotchi there's movies. There's Hot Wheels movies. There's an Animal Crossing movie. There's Polly Pocket movies. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff. There's a lot of stuff you would not expect. Yeah. There's gonna be there's a Mr. Potato Head movie that is not a Toy Story split spin off. Spin off? Spin off. Yeah. Splinter faction. That is a sign that A, I should probably lie down. And are, you, B, are you sundowning? I've been sundowning for a long time. <laughs> That's it. We're done. Uh, thank you for listening uh, to the Life Toy Edit with Ben and Molly. I've been Ben. I've been and still am, Molly. I stopped being Ben at the end of that sentence. <laughs> Finally, relief. Release from the curse. Barbie has no hold over me anymore. <laughs> oh, you no. have no power over me. <laughs> 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 <laughs>